0: Hey agents, welcome back to Cash Call, the only podcast where you get real coaching on actual real estate calls and conversations by agents and ISAs just like you. Today, your hosts, Dale Archdeacon of Smart Inside Sales and Brian Curtis of Creative Coaching, review your calls, what went well, what areas need work, and discuss strategies for improving your conversion rates. All
1: right, we're being live streamed. We are live in Lab Code Agents. Uh, lab Code Agents, if anybody's listening, or at least that one person in the corner. LabCode agents live in the Facebook group. This is going to be the last week that Dale and Brian are doing cash call live inside LabCode agents. We have gotten the call from the president himself that we need to go to premium. So Sue, we are so amazing. Sue, are you in premium? If you're in premium, you're going to get to watch us live. Okay. So join us over there. Otherwise you'll get to see our replay I have no idea. I'll I'll have to ask Paul. Okay, great. If you are paying money, Sue, then you are in premium. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you'll be able to see us over in premium. You'll be able to see the replays here in the Lab code Agents Facebook group, but you won't get all the firsthand witty banter and someone might spoil it for you around the water cooler, right? When they say, hey, can you believe what Dale said? Or uh, can you believe uh, what Brian had on his hat uh, that day, right? So you don't want the spoilers. You want to see it live. So join us over there. Brian, what's up, buddy?
2: You know, not a heck of a lot. It's a, it's a great. I actually took a day off yesterday. You know, sometimes for all of you workaholics out there like me, um, take some time off. I sent a a message to my executive assistant. I said, "Hey, I'm going to be unavailable most of the day." And uh, his response was, "Are you okay?" I'll say this, that was a very big red flag to me that perhaps I need to take more than two days off in the last uh, three years. You know, um, I hate to
1: admit this, I'm kind of the opposite. If I'm like, uh, if I'm still sending out messages at like 530, I would get the, are you okay?
2: (laughs) Right. And Uh, let me just say this. I generally don't work a lot on the weekends. I do work some, but I generally don't. So I'm not saying I work seven days a week, 365 days a year, but uh, I just needed a break because, uh, you know, this is a fabulous business that we work in, but like anything else, uh, you need a break from it every once in a while. So uh, I just thought I'd share that story. I thought it was funny. That's funny. Yeah, great. All right. So we got
1: a couple of calls to listen to. I think that was really successful last time where we did a little Q&A at the end. So how many people? We got 14 we got like 12 live listeners on here. and We got some people on the Facebook group. Um, we can do a little Q&A at the end of this, uh, everybody, if you're interested. So I got, a, I got a call today. This is like one of those nightmare calls, man, uh, where it's like they're insisting on the listing agent, right? And not even insisting that, I mean, not like hammering you with the insistence, but the resistance is there. They say it and they don't let it go. So let's listen to that, Brian, and, and give these people some advice on what we would do. Let me put my perfect chair up. All right, um, I can't wait to move my office. I'm right by the front door and my dog only freaks out when I'm doing a live podcast or I'm in, in the middle of a coaching call.
2: Of course, yeah. I understand. So it was like my kids. Only
1: time, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise I don't hear it. Well, my kids freak out all the time. But. military.com.
3: Press one to accept the call
4: baird and warner so it's a realtor.com so this is uh tony i'm i'm interested in a uh uh a uh, house you have in shorewood and uh, i wanted to speak to the seller agent there's one
3: what is the home address tony uh good question i'm actually driving right now i don't
2: have that in front of me it's in uh uh so
1: i think it's good that she skips that first one right the guy says i want to speak to the seller agent skipped it
2: yeah she kind of ignored it i love it um generally speaking i don't like that but this is an exception i think she did a great job right there
4: yeah it is one second let me uh pull over and see what that address is
1: you know the reason i say it's good that she skipped it is because maybe he'll let it go right maybe he'll be like oh i said i want to speak to the listing agent you're still talking to me maybe you are great Let's move on.
3: Okay.
4: It's in in Sherwood, Illinois. It's the only one that you guys have over there that you guys are representing them.
1: Now, meanwhile, this company probably carries 120 listings, right? So, this guy's assumption that it's the only one over there is probably inaccurate, or he would have no way of knowing.
3: Um, one second. One second. Sure. Take your time.
4: this is taking on two four six three five west manor drive shorewood shorewood
3: okay i did find it it's the listing uh for 559 correct that's correct okay and did you want to take a look at it i did okay when did you want to see it
4: uh if we could today it's uh 6 30.
3: today at 6 30. okay and i know you mentioned um speaking to the listing agent do you already have an agent that you are working with
4: i, I am not working with an agent right now
3: okay so no agent at the moment so what i can do and I'm-
1: so she actually turned it into a question rather than an objection handler
3: yeah,
2: I like that too because again, it wasn't a hard objection yet. So it was kind of one of those things where if she, if if this person gets what they want, they might go away. I mean, well, not go away, but they might forget right. that that, you know. So yeah, I like it so far. So Hi, far, so you? good. So far,
1: so good. But you know, to all good things, all good things must end. Right. There we go.
4: Your name? It's Tony Campbell.
3: Okay, Tony. So what I can do, Tony, is I can go ahead and have my colleague in that area show you the listing. And then if you have any questions or anything, um, or you wanted to submit an offer, we can go ahead and assist with with that process.
4: So let me let me ask you this: If that assistant, is she the, if she's, if you're assistant, is she considered the seller's agent?
3: It wouldn't be the seller's agent only because we.
1: Now, this is where I think we're going wrong. Okay. This is listed with the company, okay? Oh, I know okay. this because I train them. Uh, this is listed with the company. So if it's listed with the company, my advice is you say, yes, we represent the seller. That's what he wants. Yes, we represent the seller. Because what, these, what a lot of the consumers don't quite understand is that if you call on my sign, and I'm the listing broker, right? I I am the broker and I ultimately rep in most states, I ultimately represent that seller, not whoever my designated agent is or whoever my sub agent is or whatever the terminology in your market is, right? I'm the broker. Yes, we represent the seller and every person who is employed by me or works for me theoretically represents that seller unless they sign a contract to represent a buyer instead, right?
2: Yeah, and, and I think we'd be very careful because it varies significantly from state to state. So it does. Um, I, I'm, I'm licensed currently in two states. In one state, we have five different forms of agency. And in another state, we only have two. But I will say this. I love the idea if, if my, in, in, in Arkansas, for example, if I'm, the, if I'm the principal broker that's the head of, a, of any company in Arkansas, every listing is technically mine. Like there is nobody else who technically has that listing. So I, I do love this idea of, of where she's going with this. And, and I agree with what you're saying. We don't need to, we don't need to get in the minutia of it, but I, I'd be interested to see where, where it goes.
1: Yeah, so given that you're in, uh, so in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. The other place that you're licensed in, is there any other scenario where me as a listing agent, if I'm not the broker, I'm a listing agent, I work for you and you're the broker, right? Mm-hmm. I sign a listing agreement do you as the broker not represent that seller
2: not always you don't have to you can create you can do what's called transaction brokerage where no one represents anyone there's a lot of different moving parts okay um, M- Missouri's the worst i think they have like eight forms of agency <laughs> so there's so on, it's really confusing
1: but from the inside what i can tell you is that in this market or in, in generally speaking this scenario going on here is that this is an isa who works for the broker who listed, uh, who's one of their listing agents listed this property, right? So when the ISA, what I want the ISA to do is not complicated because it's very simple for her to say, yes, we represent the seller, right? And I love
2: that because that's, that's an accurate statement, right? Yes, our, and if you wanna get very technical, if you wanna, you know, worried about whatever, our yes, our brokerage represents that seller. Yes, exactly.
3: We don't refer people to the seller's agent because they're representing the seller. So their best interest is the seller, not the buyer's.
1: So So the other thing I think that she's doing wrong here is that she's not figuring out what this guy's interest is in the listing agent. So I think a very simple thing she could do is say, yes, we represent the seller. What's important about that to you? Or how can I help you? right? Stop trying to tell him what you want to do or how you want to organize it. Get him to tell you.
2: Yeah. And I think that's important. So like, here's the thing I see happen all the time. So I saw this in lab coats, since we're on lab coats, I'll I'll say somebody put this up probably about a month and a half ago. And somebody says, and it was this, I want to speak to the listing agent. And then you hear objection handlers like this. You don't want to talk to the listing agent. This, Like, think about this. If you were going through a divorce, would you want to have the same attorney represent both people? You want to talk to me instead. Yeah. Well don't for step 1 of every objection before you handle it first of all acknowledge what the objection is but second the, ste- the second step is understand the objection don't right. just start hammering people with why they're dumb why right. they're wrong no one wants to be told they're wrong even if right. if, if you tell me I'm wrong and I, and I even if I agree with you there's a little part of me and I'm a little more grown up maybe this wasn't true 10 years ago today I hope it is <laughs> that I was still kind of irritated at you because yeah. you told me I was dumb stupid you didn't use those words but that's what I heard in my brain oh this guy nobody wants an idiot.
1: to be nobody wants to be told they're wrong unless they want to be told they're wrong. That's right. about how it goes, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, I don't care how mature you are. It still stings a little bit when you find out that you were that you were wrong. Right. We're humans,
1: exactly. All right. So she's getting into the weeds here with the "this is how things should go," "this is what you should want," "this is the way it should be," which we're talking about not doing.
3: So we always want to make sure that you have someone that has your best interest in mind. Um, it's really hard to have both parties' best interest. So it would still be a Baird and Warner agent and they can answer any questions for you about the listing and get you all the information that you need.
4: That's that's. Um, see, I, I wanted to deal with the sales a sales agent specifically mm-hmm. because I'm not dealing with an agent. I'm not dealing with an agent. Oh, so you're gonna
3: represent yourself? That's correct. Oh, okay. And did, did so you know being that- best,
4: best entr- Go ahead, yeah. it'd be in the best interest of the seller to speak to me specifically.
3: Well, the seller will.
4: She
1: still won't ask. I don't know why. We've worked. We've worked on this, right? So this was one of our call reviews where we're like, "You should be asking." Uh, So you and I are sitting here just like burning up because we know she needs to be asking what's important. He's actually going to tell her because he's a stubborn guy, and this is what he thinks, right? So he's going to tell her anyway. But uh, in spite of all the words she says, he's still going to tell her what's important to him.
3: Never speak to you specifically because that's why they hired an agent. So, everything is going to happen.
4: I'm talking about the seller's agents. The seller's agents. Oh,
3: gotcha. Okay. Because if
4: that, then the commission goes different ways. So, there it
3: is. Just
4: so you know. There
1: it is, right? Mm -hmm. So, so everybody listening to this right now, what Brian and I are talking about, we're crawling out of our skin about, is the fact that if you could just find out what the hell this guy thinks he's going to get out of talking to the listing agent specifically. We can skip over a couple minutes in this conversation and get right to what this guy wants. He wants to save money. He wants to get a deal. If you could figure out how to give him a deal, does he give a shit whether it's the the listing agent or or some other random stranger? No, he doesn't care.
2: Right. And 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 by the way, you know uh, this is I've had this. It's funny. This is a really funny story. I had a client. Well, clients, a a very strong word. Um, who was I, I? So I had a listing, and then I had a, a buyer who was kept trying to cut me out. I want to represent myself. Fabulous. Okay, great. Well, so I can get so I can get to three percent. No. Well, well, why not? So my agreement for the commission is with the seller. We have a, a legally binding contract between the seller and I, and that contract says that they're going to pay me six percent. Regardless of whether you're the other person is represented or not, I'm going to get 6%. Now, if another agent comes along, brings a buyer, I've made an agreement with my seller to share three of that 6% with the other agent for procuring the buyer. That's how it works. And I, I, I talked to her through that. And then she sends me an email. I want to write a new offer because it didn't get accepted. And I want you to write in there that you'll waive your 3%. I'm like, you cannot negotiate a contract you're not a party to. And right. that's one of the things, and by the way, that's really good verbiage is, sir, you cannot negotiate this contract because you're not party to the listing agreement between me and the, and the, and the seller. Oh, sometimes they'll get that, sometimes they won't, but that was the verbiage that helped me was, We're, you're not a party to this. And at the end of the day, it just sounds like the guy was trying to save money. And so if you, if you can say to him, no matter what, sir, whether you use an agent, whether you don't use an agent, the commission will be identical, and he understands and believes that that eliminates this thing altogether. Yeah,
1: I mean, we can take that same logic idea with, especially with this conversation, right? Got it. So, what you want? So, your 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 belief is that you're going to save the seller this amount of commission, and that you're going to have that, or are you think you're getting that back in cash, or that you're getting it in a better deal or price on the house, right? So, walk this guy down logic lane, which he hasn't done right, he has his own logic, he thinks he's done it, but he really has. So, walking down that okay, oh, got it. So, you think that it'll come off the sales price, okay? Well, how much do you think that would be? And if you can't answer your question, okay, well, let's just assume it's three percent, it's a you know, it's a it's a two hundred thousand dollar house, so that's like six thousand dollars. So, you want to save six thousand dollars on the price of this house, is that correct? Is that what you're yes.
2: thinking? That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking.
1: Excellent. Do you know what's crazy? I don't know if you're interested in this, but I've saved my most recent clients who've purchased properties on average, about $15,000 off of the sales price of the home that they approached. Which of those would be more interesting to you? 6,000 or 15,000?
2: And that's a great way to go too. And here's another thing, by the way, there are agents, and this makes my head hurt, but there are agents out there, maybe some of them who are watching this right now, who sign listing agreements, who offer a discount if they represent both parties. I don't understand why you do that. If it's up to me, please stop doing that because there's no benefit. You're going to work just as hard whether you sell this. So think about this. You procure a buyer. You're going to be penalized. You're going to penalize yourself for selling your own listing. You're going to take 5% instead of 6 because you sold your own listing. Why would you do that? So first of all, don't do that. But second of all, the reason this guy may be doing this is because he may have had an agent who did that. He may have had an agent who said, yes, I will give you a discount if you do this and that may have happened in the past like look work with me i'll give you a one percent kickback or one and a half percent kickback legal i'm not saying anything's illegal um and and therefore yeah and so you work with me and i've seen people do that and and in our and you know there's a thing called a variable commission in our mls by the way you're required to disclose that and most mls's are because it's an our issue because i've i actually was on the wrong side of this one time A guy said look i'm going to work with the listing agent i don't want to work with you and i said why he said well because if you work with me he i could save you know the the seller would save money and therefore i could get a better deal so this does exist so make sure you understand contracts make sure you understand variable commissions and make sure that you're going back to that that buyer and saying look i appreciate where you're coming from the commission's six percent no matter who buys it
1: right exactly yeah, that can be a tough one. I think a lot of people
2: struggle with that, with that. Yeah. Objection. And here's the other thing, though, by the way, what are you really losing? So if this guy says, screw you, I don't want to work with you. Maybe in a buyer's market, you got to be a little bit. But in a seller's market, do you really care?
1: No. You know, I, I know that stuff you know, if you're, especially if you're a listing agent, it's tough. If you're a buyer agent, you're already kind of suffering, right? So you're trying to, trying to get anybody that you possibly can. And the unfortunate situation is this is an ISA. So they have a manager who's like, how many leads did you convert? Even if they are shitty, right?
2: Yeah. And that is, yeah, there's, that is a problem too. And I, I understand where you're coming from, but you know, as an individual agent, if you are a listing agent and the guy's like, look, if you don't want to give me a discount, I want to work with you. Okay. Yeah because right. they've got seven other people who want to look at the house this afternoon. I don't, I don't so, line down the street. Yeah, and, and that's the advantage of a seller's market and that's the advantage of being a listing agent in the seller's market, so. Yeah.
0: Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversionU to start today.
1: Oh, let's do some, let's do a little uh, Q&A. Got a bunch of people on here. Yeah. So who has a question for the all-powerful, all-knowing Brian Curtis? Oh, good Lord.
2: First of all, don't ever expect that to be true.
1: The great and powerful, Brian. I was looking for the um, Wizard of yeah. Oz uh, phrase. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember it quite. So, what are the uh, objections or issues that you guys are dealing with currently? It's quiet. Look at that.
2: Rickets. I feel like I'm having a team meeting here.
1: I know. It's so weird.
2: But, uh, Normally, Samantha, we get good participation. Samantha
1: man. raised her hand. Samantha, please chat Perfect. in. Prices are Prices too, are too high. high. Got it. Go ahead, Brian.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I might ask. uh, So I'm first of all, I I want to know more about that. Prices are too high compared to what? That's going to be my first question that comes out of my mouth when someone said prices are too high, or because what you're what you're dealing with here is ambiguity. They're too high compared to what? Is that a dollar too high? Is that twenty five thousand dollars too high? Is it? five percent, 100 percent, you know, compared to what and, and where are you going with that? So that's my first question. Price higher compared to what they were last year. Absolutely. And so here's one of the things that I love that I see so many people do wrong with objection handling. I'd love to hear your thought. Step one is agree with them. Acknowledge them. You know, prices are really high this year. That right there says that you're listening to them and that you're, you're empathetic towards their issues. So I'd love to hear your thought on the same thing.
1: No, I, I absolutely agree. And then, obviously, you're going to have to do investigation before you say anything else, right? Right.
2: And, and you know, here's the thing. I, you know, I completely agree, Dale. I, it's it's very, very frustrating. It's frustrating for me as an agent. It's frustrating for every. So I'm going to just wait until next year. Okay. So this is perfect. So where am I going to wait until next year? Out of curiosity, Samantha, I'm going to pretend you're the client for a second. Because Samantha's the lady, ask the question. What do you believe is going to happen next year? And then. You're going to get some kind of stuff. Either you're going to get the price that are going to continue to go up, they're going to stay static, or they're going to go down. Those are the three things that can potentially happen to the market, right? Or, or I, I don't know, that. and I'll see. Yeah, hopefully prices will drop. Okay, so perfect. You know, this is all kinds of good stuff in here. First of all, there is about 0, 0.01% chance that we're going to have any significant amount of foreclosures. And so here's some real good scripting around that. 2008, there was a ton of foreclosures. Why was there a ton of foreclosures? There was a ton of bad loans. Nowadays, and you can say this, you know, depending on your level of experience, but I can tell you in the last thousand transactions that myself and my team has done, we've done zero zero variable rate mortgages, right? Dale, I bet you, you probably could say the same thing, right? Yep. That is what caused the market crash in 2008. It wasn't that it was bad mortgages. It was 100% financing, variable rate mortgages. None of those even exist anymore. Like, I literally don't know the last time I saw an arm. So I would start there. And then I would also say this. The, what causes foreclosures is two things. Inability to pay a mortgage. That's the first thing. We've got a bunch of that in this country right now, right? But what's the second variable? The second variable is I don't have equity in my house because unless you're just a person who gives up and those people do exist when they have a problem, then what happens is I go, oh crap, I can't make my mortgage payment. I lost my job. I got a disc, you know, whatever reason, but I have $75,000 of equity in my house. Maybe I'm going to sit in my house for the next 12 months, not make a payment and lose all my equity. No. I'm going to call a real estate agent and say, Hey, I can't make my payment. What do I do? I'm going to come over there and say, look, you got $75,000 of equity in the house. Let's get it on the market. Let's get it sold before you miss any more payments. And then do that. Buyers are frustrated with getting home warranty. Okay. That's a different, completely different objection. but that's what you've got to do. And then here's the thing. The experts don't say it's Brian's opinion. It's Dale's opinion. It's Samantha's opinion. Um, then ultimately what you have to say is the experts say that we are expecting a eight to 10% appreciation in 2022. So not only is it not going to go down, it's not going to stay even, it's going to go up. And yeah. I saw the other thing in there was, hey, you know, uh, sorry to grill you. It's a common one for me. Okay. No, now, that's it, great. It's, it's great. The other thing I will say, and this is, a, is it's a sad thing, Samantha, sometimes I have to say this to people. I'm really sorry that you can't afford the current market. I I wish I could help you. But unfortunately, some, some people we have to give up on because there's two different things we're talking about. We're talking about objections, which is a person's reason for not doing stuff in their, in their head, like it's made up sometimes or it's something that they're trying to figure out how to get around of. And then there's actual conditions. So for example, if I'm unemployed and I've got $7 in the bank, that's a condition. I can't buy a house. I don't care if the house is $100,000 or a million dollars. I've got $7 to my name and I'm unemployed. That's a condition. So that is something that we have to deal with sometimes. Dale, I talked a whole bunch there. What do you got?
1: No, I absolutely agree. And just to talk about uh, when it's when they say, I just can't afford what I want anymore. Or <clears throat> for the uh, example, Jasha, or Jasha, not sure how to pronounce that, uh, said buyers are frustrated with not getting home warranties or closing costs paid right now in this market, if you ask for that, your offer gets pushed aside due to others being more favorable by not asking for those concessions. That and Samantha saying, well, I just can't afford what I want anymore then. When you're in a a very heavy seller's market where there are five or 10 or 25 or 30, 50 buyers for every one property that you're trying to make an offer on, we as buyer agents just have to change our qualifications for what an A buyer is, a B buyer is, and a C buyer is. Jaisha, or I'm just gonna pronounce it as Jaisha. Uh, you have to qualify harder, you have to educate these people up front. You have to tell them that listen, you if you are going to buy a house, first of all, you need to you have to need to buy a house. Uh, you uh, the best case scenario an A buyer is have to buy, have to get moved, have all cash or the equivalent cash to make up any deficiencies or go higher than whatever the average over asking price is and make up any appraisal gaps in your market. Be willing to waive appraisals, be willing to waive financing contingencies, be willing to give uh, rent backs for free, be able to be, you know, be willing to really bend over backwards to, to win the house at, no, at any cost. That is an A buyer in this market, right? In your, if your market's that tough. And then B buyers, C buyers uh, from there, are those people who, you know, a C buyer now is somebody who needs some kind of uh, closing cost assistance or something like that. Something that can't win offers these days.
2: Yeah. And there's a couple of things to do with those people. You can wait. You can also really focus on off-market properties so you're not competing against other people. That's another option. FISBOS or just literally expireds, withdrawns those type of things. Calling those people and saying, hey, you had your house on the market two and a half years ago. I've got a client who's interested in your neighborhood, would you be interested in selling for the right offer? And for that person, it might not be 30, 40, 50 over asking price, right? So, yeah. and, and you know, there's a lot of different moving parts going on in this market and um, someone else asked, you know, what are we doing to overcome waiting for the market to cool? I think this is an important thing to understand. And if you're if you're not a math person like I am. I'm I can't spell my name barely, but I can do some math. So one of the things that I would look at is take an interest rate at and add a point to it. And I know that we're over, but I'm, I, this is something I'm really passionate about. So whatever interest rates are today, let's say they're 3%, add a point to that interest rate and then take a $300,000 house and a $350,000 house or whatever your market looks like and compare saving $50,000 on the purchase price to paying A point, a point and a half in interest. What you'll find out is, and and eventually, by the way, the market will cool off. It always does this. Like it's, you know, that's going to happen. But what's also going to happen is they're going to raise interest rates. It's going to happen. It has to happen. So if you wait and interest rates a point and a half higher than it is today, but you save fifty thousand dollars, did you really save fifty thousand dollars? The answer is yes. But did you save the payment? Because most people, by the way, think about buying a car. When you walk onto a car lot, they don't ask you, would you like to spend $50,000, $60,000? They ask you what, now? What do they ask you? Everyone knows the answer to this.
1: What can you afford monthly?
2: What is your payment? Why did they ask that? Because they're jerks? No, because that's what you got to live with every single month is that payment. And honestly, 95% of your clients, that's what they're worried about. There is that 5% that's a little bit more savvy when it comes to this. But for most people, I'm, I can afford two grand a month. What does that buy me? That's what they want to know. Yep. Not not what the price is. The price doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it matters much less than the monthly payments. So.
1: Absolutely. All right, we're way over. Thanks for chatting, in, everybody. Great seeing you. Come join us on Follow Up Boss Premium, or you can find me. Lab at,
2: Code Agents Premium.
1: Sorry, Lab. What did I say? Follow Up Boss. We like Follow Up Boss. We like Follow Up Boss. Go to Follow Up Boss too. It's best CRM. Ah, yes. LCA Premium, and you can find me at
2: smartinsidesales.com. You can find Brian at searchnwa.com, is my website, and feel free to Facebook Messenger me. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me nowadays. Excellent. Great seeing everybody. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in for today's Cash Call replay. Want your call to be reviewed by Dale and Brian on a future episode of Cash Call? Click on the link in the show notes to submit your call. We can't wait to support you.